0: If your spider plant is looking peaky, and that Venus flytrap you bought just kicked the bucket, you need On the Ledge, the podcast about indoor gardening, where you learn everything you need to know to keep your house plants looking lush. I'm Jane Perone. Join me and a host of wonderful guests to chat all things house plants at On the Ledge podcast. Welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, with a special guest this week. Joining us for the first time, I'm told, on the MTM podcast is friend of the site, PDX Deals Guy. How's it going, uh, PDX?
1: Going well. Recovering from a cruise.
0: Yes, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Prime Day. Mark is off at the lake. I wanted to say he was gallivanting around the world, but he really isn't. He's just off sitting uh, by the lake up north at his cottage, taking a week off with his family. And uh, Joe had something come up. He was supposed to be recording this week, but had a personal thing he had to attend to. And we were going to record this anyway because we just got back from an Alaska cruise. On You were using the, the Carnival free offer from the casino, and I was using a discount. So we'll talk all about that. And this was your first real cruise, so I feel like it would be valuable information to kind of learn what you liked, what you didn't like, uh, what was surprising and not surprising. Uh, so we'll talk about, all about that. Uh, we'll also talk about Prime Day in a second. Before we get into the show, though, if you like the show, don't forget to subscribe to your favorite podcast app. Just head to mtmpodcast.com. You can find all the links or just search MTM Podcast. And if you like the show, don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You know, I always mix up my, like, YouTube terminology and podcast terminology smash going back. the thumbs up. <laughs> so Yeah, exactly. I almost told everybody out there to <laughs> smash the thumbs up a little inside. And I, I do it often on the on the YouTube show, too, Um you know, the other stuff. So sorry about that everywhere. But if you like the show, we love good reviews on Apple podcasts. It helps us reach more people. It helps us out a lot. So I am tired because it's like seven o'clock at night and I woke up at three o'clock this morning. We're talking about Mark being on vacation, PDX. And like, I feel like he somehow got the tip that prime day this year was going to be these days because it, it really worked out poorly uh, for me, because you remember, you, and we'll talk about maybe your history with the site in a minute, but you've been here since before the Mark days, and I used to do all the Prime Day stuff back in the day. And the last few years, he's done all of that. And so it was like, I was very rusty, uh, but I, I got everything out. But yeah, I, waking up at 3 a.m. to get to get it out, it kind of sucked.
1: Very strategic timing on Mr. Mark's part.
0: Absolutely strategic. I think it, I think he did it on purpose, but he deserves the week off. So I don't want to Make anybody think any differently. Yeah, he he does a great job usually. So you know you know how he's so competitive though. So yeah. So it's like if I don't like outdo him, he'll come back and talk crap. So I had to like make sure it was all it was all right and had the post. But we did have. If you're interested in seeing the Prime Day deals, uh, well, I guess this, by the time this comes out, the Prime Day was already over. But I hope everybody out there enjoyed the coverage on the site because uh, DDG's been helping me out for sure. But I did all the deal roundups and and all that good stuff. Um. So yeah, let's talk real quick. You haven't been on the show before, but you've actually been around with Miles to Memories since before anybody, since before Mark, before Bethany, before DDG, um, Benji, anybody else came on board. You started reading the site. Maybe I had like two or 300 readers a day, probably a little bit more than that at the time, but uh, the site was pretty small and uh, we would, you know... Uh it's funny it's an inside joke that I bring back up the email the first email you ever sent to me which was like a, a page long you know but you eventually we we connected for lunch at the M resort in Las Vegas became really good friends uh have collaborated on a lot of reselling stuff over the years but you've been around since uh Miles to members was just me doing it by myself
1: Yeah Yeah M resort buffet RIP Yeah, yeah. it's uh Our it's first been, date it's, it's, it's uh, I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, gosh, it's been what eight years, something like that. Uh, but no, it's been a lot of fun to see the Miles to Memories you know website grow. But then you know beyond that, you know most notably, as we always talk about on this podcast, or you guys always talk about the community, uh, the meetups, uh, the Slack group, the Diamond group. You know everything. It's just uh, it's been fun to see it grow. And of course, the you know the rest of the team, notably Mark and Joe and DG and all the rest of the, the crew.
0: And that would have been a great plug for the Diamond community, but. Signups ups are currently closed oh. for, for now, so uh, uh, hopefully we'll get that figured out. We're going to try to do an annual option, but we're kind of limited, and as we said, we were going to shut off the monthly option for a while. Uh, thanks to everybody who who joined. We had such a great uh, response to, to that, and we have a lot of great new members, and it's excited to bring them into the fold, and uh, so that's that's been good. And yeah, it's been amazing to build the community, build the site, and find really cool people along the way, like Mark and Benji. DDG, people who uh, share the vision and do it. Um, but yeah, let's talk about Prime Day a little bit. Um, I bought some toys today to, to resell, a few of them, but not a lot. Like in the past, I feel like there were better deals. Uh, we'll talk about buyer's clubs in a minute, but let's just talk about like personal or reselling stuff, I guess, which is why I bought toys, right? I, I found a few uh, discounted toys. There were some okay deals, but nothing that stood out to me. The biggest purchase I made today was a new studio light setup I'm really trying to get the, the lighting fixed in the studio here at home. So I spent you know a decent chunk of change, but it was about 20, 30 percent about well a little over 25 percent cheaper than it had ever been for this set that I wanted. and so that was actually good but I mean Apple products, I, I think the biggest news of the day was the pay with points promos you know which have been around so it's not like they're new but did you buy anything?
1: Yeah, and just for everyone, you know, that's when you connect to your Amex or your Chase or your Discover cards and they give you the option to get thirty or forty percent off if you pay with at least one point, so you can pay with a penny and then you get the get the discount and can pay the rest with cash or if you want to pay all with points, but uh, no, I, you know, I didn't really get all that much. I had, I knew I had a few friends and family members looking for things. So I kind of had my eyes out for some cheap laptops and, you know, kind of did that. But for the most part, I just found it to be pretty underwhelming aside from maybe some of the buyer's club stuff, which again, maybe we'll talk about, but uh, you know, for the most part, it feels like prime day has kind of gone the way of black Friday and cyber Monday. It's, you know, just gotten so stretched out. Um, You know, other companies are, you know, other than Amazon, other websites are doing it and they're doing it a day early and, you know, for the full week. And, you know, it's just, it just feels really stretched out. And uh, there's really not, you know, any big deals aside from just a a few things here and there, like you mentioned, a toy, maybe that's 50% off. Uh, But, you know, a few, aside from a few random things here and there, it's just felt pretty underwhelming.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's sort of like matured into something that's not as good as it was. I I remember even just a few years ago, we found all kinds of deals for reselling from Stuff like, you know, home products, kitchen products, electronics, you know, razors, things like that. And I didn't see any real great discounts on stuff, you know, and there was like discount on Apple Watch, discount on like Beats headphones. And they were prices that were maybe 10, 15 percent lower than we've seen recently. But it wasn't anything like where you would be like, oh, my God, I scored an amazing deal. The best deals are on Amazon products, of course. But, you know, you can only have so many Fire tablets.
1: Yep, exactly. And I was just going to say, you know, I guess moving on, maybe to talking about the Buyer's Club for a minute or two, those emails that they send out highlighting, you know, what should be bought. Obviously, that's the stuff that's, you know, selling at the best, most attractive discount. That's why they're buying them to resell. So, you know, obviously, there might be some other stuff if you're specifically looking for a toy or a gadget, you know, whatever. But, you know, for the most part, you know, most of the deals are, you know, exactly what you just got done saying that, you know, all the Amazon products, the Fire tablets, the Fire sticks, you know, so on and so forth. You know, those are trade you know because of the amazon products and they're trading it you know big discounts one-time discounts and of course they'll come around again in you know a few months or certainly a black Friday uh, so it's not like a, a must-have items at this point either and of course it'll be the next version too when the next sale rolls around
0: yeah it's always uh it's, it's a cycle I was looking at like the echo dot today and I was like oh well that's really cheap like 20 bucks or something like that for one of the echo dots and I'm like no you don't need an echo dot <laughs> like you don't need any more
1: <laughs> amazon need devices, devices.
0: The only Amazon device we have really in our house, well, I have a Fire TV stick that I've stuck into my aging Samsung TV that's starting to, to fade. Um, so I need to get a new one But because the the smart functions of that got so slow over time. So I have that. That works fine. And then Ellie has a, a kid's Fire tablet, which is, you know, admittedly, it's a good product, I think, for kids. Um, with the cases, it keeps it pretty durable. And the newer ones are like the newer 10-inch. Fire tablet actually has a really nice screen, which I like because the old tablet she used to have, the screen was just terrible. Yeah, I mean, I don't need to have Amazon Alexa in every room and I guess people do and that's great, but there's a limit to that, right? You can only have so many of that, even though they have like so many product lines now, like from home security and then they have multiple different, like for instance, they have Ring, right? They own Ring. And then they own Blink, which is another company that does security cameras. So, yeah, I, I just like the when I did the post for all of the Amazon device deals, it was like a mile long. Um, but, yeah, none of it was like uh, anything that was crazy good. But, you know, yeah, it's a good deal. I, I think Prime Day, to your point, and Black Friday, if you're going to buy anything from Amazon, those are probably uh, the best days to do it because that's usually when they have their best uh, discounts on their own devices. And sometimes you'll get good deals. Like today, they had 25% off warehouse deals, which is like returned items and stuff. So if you're willing to like dig through what they have in stock for that stuff, you can sometimes do really well. Um, But yeah, the buyers club, I saw a points maker, which is one of the buyers clubs. I saw their emails coming through. It didn't seem like they had as many deals as in the past. And then they weren't paying any tax. They weren't paying any shipping. So now you have to ship to them. And you know, one, one nice thing for you in the buyers clubs is where you're at in PDX in Portland. In Oregon, no state sales tax, so you can, uh, you know, have stuff shipped to you and then ship it to the buyers clubs, which has been nice. Um, uh, people in other states like me, we we have to either use a tax exempt status or ship it to them, and that can cause problems. I wouldn't use my Prime account to ship to somebody else's buyers club, just personally. Um, so yeah, I, I sat it out. I didn't do any buyers clubs today at
1: all. I actually think I did more yesterday. Uh, you know, Best Buy had some sales uh, day ahead, and uh, bought some stuff for Buyers Clubs there. Um, today, I uh, admittedly I was you know busy at work and, and didn't follow follow it as closely as you did. Uh, but I was seeing the Buyers group emails come through. I, I follow Points Maker and USA and uh, the Deal Buyer and uh, you know one or two others. Um, and, you know, so most of them were trafficking in the same deals. Uh, and as, as you pointed out, just didn't see a lot that was paying, you know, any sort of profit. Uh, I, I'm certainly not going to do any deals at, uh, you know, at a loss. Uh, that's not something that uh, interests me at all.
0: Yeah. And for anybody listening, I think we've talked about buyers groups on the show before. But basically, these are resellers that are utilizing a community of people to get them more of a product because there's a quantity limit. And, uh, you know, sometimes they would pay profits. Um, but like I said, there was pretty slim margins on this stuff. So people do it for like the credit card rewards. But there's also a level of tracking and, you know, it really is a business. You are really buying something and selling it to them. And you got to make sure that you you know, that your tracking gets to them, that it gets delivered, that there's not issues. Um, there's been times where people have been asked to cancel orders or refund stuff. It's good. I think if, I things think it's have a, gotten
1: lost. I mean, it, it's it's yeah. rare. Those bad things are rare, and otherwise, people wouldn't do them. But they do happen, and uh, you need to be prepared to certainly uh, you know keep very close you know track of things because all it takes is you know one slip up, and you know any sort of you know profit that you're making off of credit card rewards or minor profits that the buyers clubs are paying can go away real quickly.
0: Yeah, you got to be really realistic about the amount of uh, time and effort it's going to take, and make sure that the profit and what you're earning in credit card rewards and or profit makes sense. Or if you can use that time that you're spending to track everything and maybe generate more points of profit. Like for me, that's where I'm at. I just only have limited amount of the time I have jumped in occasionally with buyers groups. I probably still will. If I see the right deal that's paying the right amount, but I'm not going to buy a $30 fire tablet or a couple of them and send them to them. That's not enough scale uh, for me. Yeah, I mean, Prime Day is fun. I'll be doing day two tomorrow, which again, this will be out on Thursday when Prime Day is over. Losing sleep because Mark gets his vacation up north, well deserved, but I'm still, uh, I'm still tired. And I hope I don't buy anything else because you know I, I spent a little bit too much money on the light set that I bought. Although it's the studio is going to be pretty cool. Oh, and wait, update. Up.
1: Mark uh, must be listening, and he just messaged me and said you're three deals behind him so far after day one. So you got to, you got to get caught up.
0: I don't think so. He probably did because I saw there's a message in our uh, in our group chat. He's probably, even if he hasn't sent the message, he's watching. But I uh, hope he's having fun up there. All right, so let's I'm talk working. about uh, the cruise. Now, we've talked more and more about cruises on this show. Like, I did a whole cruise hacking episode when I was in the middle of the Atlantic uh, a couple months ago. And then we had Mark Jackson on uh, from Jackson Jet Setting and uh, from Brad's Deals. And we talked a little bit about different cruise stuff, got a little nerdy there. But one of the deals that I think is incredible, other people kind of roll their eyes at, is the Carnival Fun Match program, which is matching casino status and giving free cruises, basically, right? You pay the the taxes and fees, but you're getting a, a free cruise. Now, obviously, I'm biased when it comes to cruises. I like going on cruises. I've been on a lot of them. Um, I've been on a lot of them this year. Uh, but... Yeah, like a few months ago, I said, Oh, I just booked an Alaska cruise. And what, the reason I did was I've used up all my free cruise offers, uh, I'm going to be doing the, the Carnival Mardi Gras, their newest ship uh, in a couple months with one of my offers. I know you're using your other offer for that. Um, but I got an offer for an Alaska cruise uh, for a, it was a total of $325 for three of us. So about $108 and change each over Fourth of July week on an eight night cruise in an outside cabin, so not a balcony, but had a window and everything. So I said, how could I turn that down? Um, obviously taxes, or what, what were they, about $300 a person, something like yeah, that?
1: Yeah, right, yeah.
0: So I think the whole thing came to about $1,200 for us, but most of that was taxes. Uh, but, so I put the dates out there, and then you asked if you know if uh, you and your wife could tag along, uh, but you guys you know, graciously joined us, which was an amazing time. Uh, Ellie had a great time, Jasmine did. It was really fun hanging out with you guys. But it was interesting because I was like so nervous going into the cruise that you were gonna like hate Carnival. Cause you know you have all the, the reputation about Carnival and people, you know, it's usually people who have never been on it. Um and you know, you're always somebody who can sort of take things as they are and and appreciate them for what they are and understand like if you're getting a cruise for free, maybe you're not gonna get the the luxurious cruise experience or whatever. But I was still so nervous, like, oh my god, they're gonna hate it. Oh, my God, it's going to be terrible. It's all my fault if they do it. They decided to go on this cruise with us. And uh, so I, I'm interested as we go through this to, to find out uh, what you thought of it. But let's start with the Carnival Fun Match offer. You took casino status and matched it to Carnival, and they gave you a free offer for a cruise. What did you match in order to get this free cruise?
1: Well, I read on some website called Miles to Memories that uh, I could take my Caesars Diamond status and my MGM gold status that uh, you know as with i think we've talked about on the podcast before got the caesar's diamond status uh via you know an a old way with uh, hilton uh that's you know not not available anymore hilton to wyndham uh i also do have the wyndham credit card now business credit card that still gets you the caesar's diamond status so had it that way and then a while back uh MGM was matching I don't know if they're still doing that in the casino or not anymore but matching from Caesar's Diamond to MGM Gold and I think you've had some data points that you don't necessarily have both but I had both uh, to, to go to the Carnival website that uh, we've written about on Miles to Memories and uh, did the match there and you know just like everyone else has had you know, similar experience I think I got you know some small not great offer right away in the first week or two and then you know a couple weeks passed and both myself and my wife because we both did the you know match separately uh, we both ended up getting the offer for a free cruise uh, with a balcony room. When it came around to, uh, you know, as you noted, doing the Alaska cruise, um, uh, you know, the the good news is we had a free cruise to use. The bad news is when we called, uh, that was a pretty popular cruise going to Alaska during peak season, um, so we weren't able to get a balcony room, so uh, we settled for an ocean view non-balcony room, um, but, uh, you know, that was perfectly fine, and, you know, we might talk more about that as we go.
0: Yeah, and you picked the right side of the ship because I was in an ocean view on the other side of the ship, like a few doors down from the COVID wing where they had blocked off the <laughs> hallway. And so I had to walk all the way to the front of the ship and uh, I may or may not one night, I was really frustrated and I cut through the COVID wing um, because I needed to get to the elevators and I didn't feel like walking all the way back to the front of the ship, but I will we'll talk about the ship uh, altogether. But so, yeah, I think that's important to know. So even though you have an offer, right, they, these are still capacity restricted for the casino. The casino gets so many state rooms. And in the case of, this ship, right, they had so many balcony offers or whatever, and by the time you were going to book it, they were already full. What's funny is that you had tried to get upgraded to, like, call them and see if there's any opportunities. And uh, the night before the cruise, I get a phone call asking if I want to upgrade, even though you guys had been you know trying to get upgraded, and I'm sure other people too. Uh, they, we got a phone call asking if we wanted to upgrade for $300 um, for the uh, to a balcony room. And I don't think I would have taken it. I didn't get the call right away. My wife called back like 20 minutes later and they said somebody else had taken the room. So they only had like one balcony, I guess, that they were trying to upgrade. And when we were on the ship, they said all the balconies were full. Um, So I was kind of glad that decision was taken out of my hands because I mean, Alaska is beautiful. If you're going to have a balcony, perhaps it's like that's the place to do it. So you can kind of enjoy yourself away from everybody and, and look at the scenery. But I'm glad, ultimately, I'm glad I saved uh, the money. All right, so let's talk about the cruise experience. We're going to go through basically a a mini review of the cruise, and we're going to talk about Alaska as a destination as well, because I feel like a lot of people out there definitely want to hear about that. Um, But what were your preconceived notions going in about a carnival cruise? You know, people love to talk about it, Walmart of the seas, as Mark would say, and then he would laugh at that, even though he's never even (laughs) stepped foot on a cruise ship. (laughs) So what were your preconceived uh, notions going in?
1: Well, fortunately, I had a friend that was really nervous about what I'd think about it, so he set my expectations properly. Uh, And, you know, as with everything else in life, uh, restaurants, movies, whatever, you know, vacations, it's all about expectations. So I think my expectations were set, uh, you know, pretty properly. Uh, You know, I I think this is a little bit different maybe of other carnival crews. It wasn't, you know, weekend carnival party cruise that, you know, I've heard about, Uh, you know, you know, much different than that. It was, uh, the Alaska cruise reputation of is of course, you know, skews to the older side, shall we say, which, you know, somewhere right now, Mark is laughing and saying that I fit right in, um, being the old person in the wild to memories group. <laughs> uh, but you know, so, uh, but you know, the, the reputation is what it is. It's you know it's not high end, and we'll get into the you know, all the details of how that plays out and so forth. Um, and you know, kind of the joke my wife and I had when we were getting off on ports and coming back on. There's other cruise ships, you know, the fancier cruise lines, you know, parked right next to it, and we're like, I bet those people are the fancy people are getting on the fancy boat, and we're heading back to, to Carnival. But you know that you know, to a large degree, I'm joking. I mean, it, it was a as we'll get into it was is a great experience. Uh, you know, as long as you don't go into it with too high expectations, I really. Kind kind of compare it to, you know, going to, and some people are going to cringe at this, uh, the all-inclusive haters, but, you know, people uh, compare it to maybe an all-inclusive in, you know, in Mexico uh, that I've written about for, you know, my Memories, my experience, the high at all-inclusives, and, uh, you know, uh, we'll get into specifically talking about the food, I'm sure, but, um, you know, it's, it's really all about setting expectations properly. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's a good point, and I feel like they just did that to torture us. Like, we every day we were parking next to, like, the Regent Seven Seas, like the really, truly luxurious cruise ships. And then there's the Carnival Spirit uh, there, um, you know, and then, yeah, even like the last, the last port, uh, Ketchikan, uh, there was Princess and Holland America, which are owned by Carnival. Those are more upscale brands for Carnival. They're not luxury brands, but they got like the nice parking spots. (laughs) And then we had a tender, take tender boats, uh, you know, lifeboats, basically. Into, into town, so we could tell where our pecking order was uh, in the
1: uh, cruise hierarchy. Yeah, when we got to Catch and they said get on the lifeboats, uh, yeah, I, I knew that maybe I had uh, booked a lower end cruise. <laughs> but that's all fun. Of, that's all part of the experience oh, was, and the fun. Yeah, it was. I mean, how often yeah. can you say that you were on a lifeboat on a cruise? Yeah, it's lifeboat? like a, it's a
0: tiny boat too. That says uh, capacity 150 people. We all looked at each other. We're like, how could they fit 150 people? And then coming back, they fit. You know, I don't know, close to 150 people in there. So. Maybe not quite 150, but uh, it was pretty uh, tightly packed as we waited in like a mile-long line to get back on the ship. So, uh, yeah, I don't want to set everybody into thinking this was terrible because it really wasn't. It was a good cruise. Uh, But let's talk about the stateroom. So I feel like people who don't cruise a lot or haven't cruised, that's probably one of their first surprises is kind of how small cabins are on cruise ships, specifically standard cabins. I mean, you had an outside cabin, so that's actually – probably 30 or 40 square feet bigger than an inside cabin um, I don't know if you peeked at those as you walked down the hallway but uh, it was pretty good but you know what were your likes and dislikes of the carnival cruise ship cabin?
1: Yeah. I don't have a lot to compare to. to. You mentioned that, you know, I, I'm a newbie cruiser. I had gone on one, I believe two night, you know, brief little cruise out of Seattle previously up to just Victoria and Vancouver many years ago. So I, I wasn't shocked by what I found in terms of the room size, but I also have to admit, I cheated a little bit as everyone does, you know, looking at hotel reviews, reviews before you go to a hotel, or in this case, looking at cruise room reviews. And, uh, my wife was laughing as we went into the room that, uh, you know, she had seen the same reviews and that, you know, the people, you know, holding the camera and saying, well, Ooh, look at all the space. Look, open up the closets, open up the cabinets, look at all the space. Um, and you know, it's, it's, everything's relative, you know, compared to your home or compared to a big luxurious hotel room, it's, you know, it's not a lot of space, but they really do. I mean, it's obviously been designed well to make sure, you know, I never felt like we didn't have enough space. In fact, we had, you know, cabinets on an eight night cruise. We had, you know, cabinets that went completely empty the whole week. And, you know, so it was fine. I mean, you know, obviously the bathroom's tight, the, you know, shower isn't huge, but, uh, all in all the, the room was Fine, um, you know. You mentioned the balcony before. You know, while we you know, we had thought about upgrading to um, the balcony, the reality is there's so much stuff to do on the ship and on the port days and so forth. That uh, and, and you know, while the, we had great weather, um, relatively speaking, it's you're still up in Alaska. It's not like you're going to be you know sun, getting a suntan out on your on your balcony. So you know, all in all, oh, and I, I guess the other thing I'd mentioned is I, th- I think one of my fears, uh, you know, being the Hyatt globalist uh, snob that I am, I you know was a little bit worried about the the bed, the two you know beds pushed. Together to create the uh, you know full size bed and um, I, I was pleasantly surprised it, you know it wasn't the best bed that I've ever slept on but it was you know perfectly fine and comfortable I uh, didn't didn't fall into the to the crack in between the beds too often uh, and uh, you know all in all I'd say the room was a good experience you know again nothing fancy all about expectations but it was fine
0: yeah it's uh, it's one thing I think Carnival actually does well I've done a couple now this year I, so far I've done two Royal Caribbean cruises two Carnival cruises and I would say their beds match up pretty well. The bedding matches up pretty well. It's a decent experience on the bed. It's not, like you said, not the best ever, but it's not like low rent. And I feel like the sheets are pretty comfortable, uh, stuff like that. And it, it is weird. It's, it's a cruise ship thing, like having the two beds that they push together. Every cruise ship I've ever been on, um, I'm, I've only sailed on Norwegian, Royal Caribbean, and uh, Carnival, but they all have those same type of setups where they can make it a twin or push it together and make it a quote-unquote, king bed, but, yeah, it it doesn't ever bother me, Um, and the room, yeah, it's not nice, right, I mean, the room, it's not, like, fancy, Uh, the colors are a little, maybe a little dated, especially, I've been on, like, Odyssey of the Seas this year, and even Voyager of the Seas on Royal Caribbean, which is renovated, and much more modern, kind of, grays and blues and colors like that, here you have, like, what is it, like, I don't know, orange Orange and and then, Yeah, 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 So it's a little bit more dated in the decor um but overall yeah pretty good room the bathrooms are small but like they use shower curtains which can give you a little bit more space i never felt tight in the shower as somebody who's six foot two and you know a bigger guy so i i I think it's fine like even we have a kid so you were just the two of you we had a kid and uh she her bed became the couch they can set up the sofa as a bed or they also had a drop down bed out of the ceiling which you could use for a fourth person, but we had the option of using that for her and then leaving our sofa intact. I much prefer having the headroom, so she was there. And this is the same exact room that we did for Carnival Pride uh, on our transatlantic for 14 nights. Never felt crowded there either. It's also the same size as the balcony rooms. It's important to know that. The balcony would add, I guess, additional space, the outdoor space, but as far as the interior, it's basically the same room. And the window is big, so you can definitely see outside. I know there was some times where because you're on the first deck, when you pull up to like a dock or something, like people could stare into the room. I guess there's something to to pay attention to uh, there. But uh, as long as you're not, uh, you know, doing a peep show or something, it, it's fine. And you're really close to the ocean. Did you like like staring right out at the water as you sail? I mean, it's pretty nice to be that low down, kind of looking outside.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't have anything to really compare it to, but it was fine. It, you know, didn't bother me being, you we were on the lowest floor that at least guests are on. And, you know, so we're pretty dang close to the water, but, you know, I thought it was fine. By the way, the only other thing I'll mention, you mentioned the you know shower being, you know, roomy enough is, uh, you know, I mentioned to my wife when we were on the trip that it's, I've had worse hotel showers that, you know, shower in terms of, you know, controlling the temperature and the, you know, water pressure and so forth it was fine
0: yeah I think uh it's it's definitely maybe a little better than than Walmart of the seas the one thing about being on deck one on this is this I guess this is a little nerdy for the spirit class of ship uh the carnival pride was the same the, the other ship I did um, is that the comedy club and one of their venues is there and then the, the theater is on decks two two and the casinos on deck two and most of the indoor public areas are on decks two and three so Basically, you're just going up one or two decks for that, and then you can take the elevator up to, like, deck nine for the pool and stuff. But you're actually close to a lot of stuff on that deck. So the location uh, is pretty good, even though you're lower down in the ship. All right, so let's talk about your favorite topic, and that's food. So Carnival Spirit is a an older ship. Uh, it's also a smaller ship. It's only 88,500 gross tons, which, to put it in comparison, is about half the size uh, compared to the new... Carnival Mardi Gras ship, so it's it's smaller. It was built basically to Panamax standards, which is it will fit through the Panama Canal. So it's a little narrower than other ships you might be used to. And uh, it, what's really nice is every deck goes through front to back, with the exception of deck one, when they put a COVID wing in the middle, and you can't uh, <laughs> and you can't do that uh, as you can tell. But uh, there's not as many like specialty restaurants as you'll see on the newer ships. Like Mardi Gras has like 40 restaurants or something crazy. That's a bit of an exaggeration. That's their marketing speak, but a lot of specialty restaurants. On this ship, they have the main dining room, which is included uh, for dinner. And uh, on sea days, they have breakfast and lunch there. Um, And even on port days, they have breakfast there. Um, And they even have a sea day brunch, which is kind of nice. We'll talk about that. Uh, They have a steakhouse, which is $42, uh, which you can do. And most ships now have that. They've also added in the last few years a sushi a place, which I don't think either of us tried. Um, so those are really your options. Um, there's also like a seafood corner, which is in the buffet, but you can buy like crab and lobster, clam chowder, uh, stuff like that. And then the buffet has different parts. They have the deli, which is free. Uh, they have pizza, which used to be 24 hours. Now I think it goes to like, some days it was only going to 1230. It used to go to like two or three on our other ship, it was going till two or three. So uh, they've done that. And then of course, They have the two big kind of lunch offerings, which is Guy's Burger Joint, shout out to Ian in Ferndale, California from Guy Fieri, and then the Blue Iguana Cantina, which we'll start there uh, with those two places. Uh, Blue Iguana, maybe closest comparison would be Chipotle. Um, But what did you think, I guess, of the buffet and sort of those sorts of free offerings, main dining room aside?
1: I was a big fan of the non-stop, the only 24-hour food on the ship, which was the soft serve. I, I may have had that two or three times, while we, uh, per day. Um, Although you complained that
0: there was no toppings.
1: Yeah, no, that was actually uh, Mrs. PDX that was mostly complaining about that. But yeah, no, but you, you know the two places that you pointed out uh, up there uh, on the buffet deck, um, the Guys Burgers, and then the uh, Blue Iguana Chipotle sort of clone were clearly, I think, the highlights in terms of consistent quality i mean you know fairly limited menus but uh you 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 knew what you were going to get and it was good i mean really i mean the guy burgers are you know it's tough to screw up a burger it's rare that i you know go someplace and say well that's a bad burger but i mean they were legitimately good quality burgers with you know nice variety of toppings and so forth and uh, i may have had one of those just about every day um that 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 was good you know lunchtime i think those stay open until at least guys burgers till six maybe the blue iguana closes a little bit earlier and oh opens earlier for uh, with some breakfast options uh but yeah the blue iguana for tacos and burritos and burrito bowls you know much like again you'd find at Chipotle uh the quality uh you know I, it wouldn't be fair to say it's exactly the same as Chipotle but uh you know similar sort of options and quality and um yeah it's good what'd you think
0: yeah i like them I, to your point i think some guys burgers are surprisingly good i mean it's not just like oh it's good cuz i'm on a cruise ship or it's an okay burger it's a tasty burger um, the way that they season it, the meat that they use. Um, and they have a toppings bar, which is really nice. I like the peppers they have there. Um, they also have like chili, which I'm not a fan of. It's like more of a sweet chili, um, you know, all kinds, of different, yeah, all kinds of different stuff there. And then on the blue iguana side, they have a salsa bar, which I'm all about the salsas. I love the spicy stuff and I can mix in the different uh, stuff. The habanero salsa there is so spicy, but it's so tasty.
1: The only um, thing I was so, surprised yeah. by is they, they, they don't have chips, do they? No, I guess not. Yeah, I, I, they don't. I, they, you know. They'd probably go through the salsa way too fast if they had chips sitting out. Um, but yeah, that was the only thing. That was the only negative comment I had about uh, Blue Iguana was I was like, give me some chips without salsa.
0: Now, the good thing about Blue Iguana, well, the, the burritos are fine. Uh, they, they roast the tortillas or whatever. But if you get tacos or huevos rancheros in the morning, they actually make those smaller tortillas fresh. They have a machine that literally makes them They're delicious... Um, I would recommend the huevos Rancheros in the morning. It's amazing. Um, they they make the eggs fresh. They they make the tortillas fresh. You get some chicken. You know, you get it loaded up with beans and salsa and stuff. It's great. Um, so yeah, Blue Iguana is our morning spot out there. Um, but.
1: Let's talk about the main dining room. If you're, if you're giving, if you're giving recommendations, I got to give okay. recommendations on, yeah, on, on the guys. On the on the Guys Burger, I, I go with the uh, I think they called it the Piggy or something like that. The the bacon cheeseburger, and then you ask them to you know throw on an extra patty or two.
0: Yeah, there you go. And the bacon is in the shape of the patty too, right? It's a circular. Oh, no, well, no it was actually our sh- it was, it was, It's supposed it just... to be. So on, okay. I, that's yeah. When they describe it, it says that. But I know yeah. On our on our cruise, they didn't have the circular bacon for some reason. Our other cruise, they did. So that's hit or miss, I guess still tasty yeah and blue iguana on some ships has taco salads as well which they didn't have on on our ship all right but let's talk about the main dining room and i don't want to go into a lot i mean i think that cruise culture like a lot of people don't know you can order multiple entrees multiple appetizers the portions aren't always that big um you know there's usually a formal night or two on our cruise there was a, a two formal nights the first one They had prime rib, they had lobster, among other things. But, you know, I just hone in on the prime rib and the lobster. I forget about everything else. The second time, I think they had filet mignon. And then we had a different night which had prime rib as well. And there was good things like short ribs and a good variety of stuff. I guess I'm really heavily into beef as I I say this out loud. (laughs) (laughs) But... The way I would describe the food in the Carnival main dining room is that it's, especially if you pick the right stuff, it's pretty good. I mean, it's not anything that you're going to think is, like, fancy or amazing. The sauces can be hit or miss, so, like, probably do better ordering without the sauce. Like, when we did the Transatlantic, we weren't eating really any carbs, so we didn't have any of the sauces. And this time I had some of the sauces, and I didn't notice that it really added anything. So uh, I think next time I'll, I'll do that. But what did you think of the food overall in the main dining room?
1: Again, I'll try not to repeat this too many more times, but it's about expectations. And uh, you know, I think that uh, where I found some things that I felt kind of missed for me is when you know it's the type of food that you love having when you you know eat, you know cook at home or go out to your favorite restaurant. You know, I love prime rib. I love you know on the appetizer front. We, you know, my wife and I love getting calamari, and so I wasn't surprised that you know either one of those things kind of missed uh, you know on a quality you know perspective compared to you know, the sort of quality that I'm used to and enjoy. It wasn't bad. It was fine. Okay. The calamari was a little bad, but you know, the prime rib was fine. It was just nothing special. Uh, You know, that said, you know, a couple of the other items, I guess we most both must be uh, big beef eaters because, you know, the short ribs and filet mignon night uh, was definitely, you know, two of the, two of the highlights, but you know, there, there was just, uh, you said it too. It's a matter of a, picking the right things and B you know, maybe getting over the embarrassment of, I'm going to order two entrees. I'm going to <laughs> order two appetizers. And if, uh, you know, some people will listen to this and think it's horrible food going to waste. And, you know, I, I understand that, but, uh, you know, it is, is what it is. There's uh, food that's going to go to waste on that ship. And, you know, so there were times where, you know, I ordered two things to kind of hedge my bets. And, uh, you know, there were some steady eddy sort of things like a Caesar salad every night to make sure that I was getting some, <laughs> you know, some fiber and vegetables, uh, and so forth. Uh, but, but um, you know, all in all, the, the food I would say you know, again comparable to a, a good all. I would say you know, a mid to good all inclusive down in Mexico. You know, maybe a solid you know seven on on the on the quality scale. But the reality is, you know, just like anywhere else, it's really a range of five to ten. They're eh, five to nines.
0: Yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. And the other thing you can do, like instead of ordering an entirely additional like entree or something, like on. Filet mignon night, I wanted a second piece of meat, so I just asked them for a second filet mignon. Or on lobster, now you want an extra lobster tail. Instead of ordering the entire plate, you can just say, can I get a second lobster tail? And so that makes it a little bit more right-sized. Carnival is famous for their chocolate melting cake. That's their signature dessert. Um, It's served every night on every ship. And uh, did you like it? I think you had it every night.
1: Come on. I only had it three nights, I think. But no, that, that was... Pretty dang good. So, uh, yeah, I definitely enjoyed that almost as much as I enjoyed the fact that every night at dinner, Sean was usually looking a day or two in advance at the menu for the next couple of nights to see what he was going to be having. I just thought that was really weird that you couldn't wait for the next day to find out what tomorrow night's dinner was. And by, going and to be. by
0: Sean, he's talking about himself. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's one of the benefits, I guess, of the Carnival app, right? The modern technology we have is that you can just go sift through all of that. Um, you know, so what, I want to talk about entertainment really quick. And I guess a good place to start is, were you prepared for the dancing waiters in the dining room? So that's one thing Carnival does that other cruise lines don't, or I haven't experienced on other cruise lines, is every night they have a show, they play a a song, it's usually upbeat, and they dance, and on some nights they get guests to dance with them, some nights they do it themselves. Things like, I I don't know, Macarena would be one that comes to mind, but there's different shows every night.
1: I am CA.
0: Yeah, that was one where we all got involved, except for PDX, he just stared at us and I think he filmed me because he did a lot of that uh but uh yeah I mean what did you think of that was that a surprise you like it
1: uh it was a it was a unique experience for sure i mean uh, as you mentioned i I'm not the type that's probably gonna get up and dance but uh, it was a, it was a you know fun unique experience and it wasn't like it was you know constant in your face it was you know one time each evening and it was fun yeah and I mean it was cool to see kids uh like uh, Ellie get into it uh, it was a little bit creepier and strange to see some adults get into it uh, so much but no it was fun
0: I think with YMCA the entire dining room was doing it except, except for you uh, which <laughs> was fun so I think the entertainment you would say was probably hit or miss um we didn't do as much of the entertainment as we had done previously like I didn't do a lot of the production shows I went to some of the comedy shows and I thought they were generally pretty good. Although the one I went to with you, the comedy, it was pretty bad. And I know you didn't, uh, didn't enjoy that, but
1: well, if- because it's because they have the you know evening uh, 18 and under family shows and uh, that that's a little that's 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 a tougher crowd for a comedian uh, but I did you, you might uh, re- recall I actually did join you for a second one for one of the the night shows and uh, that was uh, you know better better quality um, there's a few different comedians uh, they you know swapped out the comedians about I think at the midpoint of the cruise and I think two had two at each time so you know there's a total of four over the course of the week but yeah all in all i you know I, f- I found the entertainment to be you know pretty solid whether it was you know a hanging out in a piano bar one night and listening to the you know piano bar uh music or um you know, listening to karaoke uh, and then the one uh, you know I, I don't know if you'd call it production quality show that we went to but it was in the main theater was uh, the uh, newlywed show which apparently is a bit of a i don't know if that's on all cruise ships or just carnival but uh sean sounds like he had been to quite a few of them previously
0: yeah i don't know about all cruise ships but i know all the major lines do some version of that um there were some production shows too with like singing and You know, that's pretty typical for cruise ships where they'll have two or three of those in a week. I think there was two on this ship where they do like oldies and have some sort of a production show around it. I didn't go this time, went on our other cruise. They're fine, um, but you're not going to have the best singers there. The one thing I think that Carnival really excels at is their musicians. As you pointed out, the guy in the piano bar was great. Um, There's a great violin trio. Um, You have different uh, bands with playing guitar and stuff like that. I feel like they do live music better than even Royal Caribbean and, and any of their competitors in that same kind of class of, of cruise ship. And yeah, I really, uh, I, I thought that was great here. Our transatlantic, there was a great uh, violin trio on this boat. There, I, I called it a boat. See, you, you, you're you getting, you've been calling it a boat <laughs> nonstop it. for it, It's a ship, it's a ship. ship Sean. Yes, ship. it is a ship. On this ship, there was a great uh, violin trio and just really uh, amazing music going on all throughout the ship. And that's really nice. You're going to dinner, you hear it um, in all the different off times you hear it. And then you can, you know, party late into the night at the piano bar too. I didn't get you into the piano bar late at night so you could hear all the raunchy stuff, which I have to do on another uh, on another cruise. All right, so let's talk about the casino. We do have, like, crossover with our Vegas people, so people do kind of want to know about this. But let's talk about the offer. The offer comes with free drinks in the casino for the person who had the offer and the companion, so both you and your wife would have free drinks. It seemed like on the last day, maybe we discovered you could get them at the bar. On our other ship, they wouldn't allow that. They only, you could only get it through the cocktail server. But I mean, did you find drink service fairly quick in the casino or what was your overall experience with that?
1: Yeah, it's hard to say that last day when we got them at the bar, if that was maybe just we were getting lucky at closing time. It was a little strange on the last, I guess it was the second to last day they were, you know, we're heading back into U.S. waters and they were closing down the casino. It's the first experience I've ever had of being in a casino and seeing a casino close down. And we were, had some luck getting free drinks at the bar there. But yeah, generally speaking uh the 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 server uh, service at the tables and at the um you know slot machines and so forth was very very slow hit and miss uh so i would say you know We'd be lucky if it was every half hour that we get a drink. Uh, it was probably closer to every hour. The, the nice thing is it was, you know, good, you know, full, you know, drinks from the bar. You know, it's not unlike sometimes when you're in Vegas and you maybe get a mini version or you know a watered down version. This was a nice, you know, full version from the bar.
0: And that's just because carnival bars serve everything watered down, so you're you're getting them, <laughs> the normal version there. Um, so yeah, how was the table game experience there? So the slots, I would say, were a fairly modern uh, or a very modern actually. They had a lot of the newer slots. You know, the electronic stuff, not too much video poker, only one bank of machines, if I remember right, on either corner of the casino. So maybe 12 machines total uh, with video poker. Um, So, yeah, pretty much video slots if you're talking about machines, but they have a lot of table games there for such a small ship i think
1: yeah see if i can you know kind of remember the rundown there's two roulette machine and pardon me roulette tables there was uh you know probably six or six or so blackjack tables six or seven blackjack tables uh then you know kind of one each of some other table games some you know let it ride some uh hold them some pretend blackjack or whatever you want to call it and then one craps table that was you know packed the, the whole time. That was the one table that, you know, I, I didn't I love craps, but it wasn't, you know, something that I needed to play, so I didn't play. Neither my wife or I are huge gamblers, but, you know, playing an hour or two, probably three or four nights while we were on the, the ship was a lot of fun. Uh, I think the thing that really jumped out to me was it wasn't overly crowded. I mean it was it didn't feel empty, but I mean it wasn't overly crowded. You didn't have trouble you know getting a seat at a table that you wanted to. Uh, the other thing that really jumped out at me was the uh, um, stakes, the table minimums were quite low. I was not Expecting that uh, it was you know pretty much five dollars with a small exception that I'll mention. But you know craps was five dollars, roulette was five dollar minimum. Blackjack, interestingly, had a six dollar minimum, uh, and you know much like everything else in you know Vegas, has you know they've moved to six to five uh, blackjack uh, on blackjack. Other than the twenty five dollar minimum table had uh, three to two. Uh, minimum might be getting a little bit too casino nerdy here but uh with the uh six they had six dollar minimums on the blackjack tables which i assumed was kind of to force people to you know basically into worse odds you had to play at least six dollars or go up to ten dollars to get the full benefit of six to five odds uh, again some people won't get that but for the blackjack players out there they'll know what i mean uh, as it turns out the other option is they have the little side bet at the table so you could bet five dollars and one dollar on the little side bet to get to the six dollar minimum so um but all in all i mean it was a fun experience they had, uh, you know, various kind of promotions going on in the casino, especially in the evenings where, uh, you know, if your card was scanned in at the table or on the slot machines, they would, you know, spin a wheel on the TV sets that were throughout the casino and people's names would come up and they'd come over and, you know, have them play a little game, you know turning over cards and matching prizes and so forth and so it just you know, all in all it had a, a good vibe to it uh, other than uh, you know one 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 evening I did see a, a little bit of a fist fight break out that was that was a bit odd uh, you know don't know if that uh, you chalk that up to uh, the carnival crowd or or whatever that was a little bit odd but it was put down quickly I will say
0: let's hope it wasn't over a, a threesome you know wasn't that what that other that other uh, yeah I think yeah. a week before someone had been arrested for such activities yeah. yes yeah. Now, you did uh, teach Jasmine how to play roulette, which was fun because you can never get her off the – I've been trying to get her to a table game forever, so that was fun to watch her. As your wife went on like an epic run, like uh, she was just epic on Epic roulette terror, up. yes. Yeah, the birthdays were hitting
1: like crazy. Yeah,
0: I, I told Jasmine, I got mad, I was like, why didn't you just bet what, what his wife is betting? <laughs> what are you <laughs> – you're picking your own numbers. And uh, anyway, that was, that was a lot
1: of fun. Yeah, it was, it was fun to teach Jasmine uh, roulette strategy, which anyone who knows roulette knows that there is no strategy. You put money out on numbers, and no matter what you do, the odds are pretty much the same, other than a few you know kind of dumb things that you can do to ever so slightly decrease your odds. But uh, yeah, we had fun hanging out with uh, Jasmine at the table.
0: All right, so let's talk about Alaska, because we were in Alaska, and we stopped at a few different ports. Um, there's like Icy Straight Point, which is like a carnival, kind of their own private Place, it seems like I don't know, it's like their version of the Alaska uh, or their Alaskan version of like a bohemian private island or something. So there wasn't a whole lot to do there, but it was really pretty. Um, and then we stopped in Juneau, which is the capital of Alaska. Maybe the sleepiest capital city you find in any of the states. It didn't seem like it was a capital. Even the even the capital building didn't seem like a capital building. Um, But it was, you know, it was fun.
1: To be fair, to be fair, fair, it was a holiday weekend. So I think there were some things closed, uh, you know, with a holiday weekend. Uh, We were there just before the 4th of July on, I think it was Saturday that we were in Juneau. But yeah, it was definitely a sleepy town. Fortunately, the Salvation Army was open uh, and we got to experience the Juneau Salvation Army to uh, buy a, a... Piece of clothing that uh, one of us might have forgotten. Yeah, and we, you know, we saw Best Western soaps for sale. Uh, was it twenty five cents or fifty cents a piece uh, in bulk at the Salvation Army Juno? So that's something for you travel hackers there.
0: There you go. Yeah, if you want that Best Western soap experience, uh, it was interesting seeing. I liked seeing the seaplanes take off and land because um, they were right in front of us where we were sitting, uh, grabbing a drink. So that was a lot of fun. But uh, I think a lot of, for a lot of people. Um, Skagway is probably the the port that they they look forward to the most, and Skagway is really a picturesque sort of place. It's this like old westy looking town in the middle of this valley, and there's a river and stream that run through it. But there's also the White Pass and Yukon Railroad that runs up into the mountains a few hours. And we didn't do it just because you know we've been traveling pretty hard. We were really burned out needing to go home, and I didn't think Ellie would really make it enjoyable. And it's like, what, $135? I think it was 100, 100, yeah,
1: 140 bucks uh, each, yeah. a little bit more if you do it through the cruise company. But uh, we uh, figured out uh, that we could just walk into town and do it ourselves. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, was, it was spendy.
0: But was it worth it? I mean, was the scenery that you saw on that? Because I feel like that's a thing that a lot of people, when they go on Alaska cruises, that they kind of set out to do.
1: Yeah, it was cool. I mean, as you mentioned, you know, cool just because it's got you know it's got the old, still got kind of the old town main street, you know, gold rush sort of feel to it. I mean, you know, there's parts of it that are modernized and so forth, but it still has that feel to it. And you can you know walk through town, and you know, we just missed, I guess, by a few weeks, you know, watching the salmon jumping in the river and so forth. But yeah, we took the train. You know, with for LA, it might have been a little bit of a challenge. It was two and a half hours or so, basically a little over an hour each direction up into the hills, following the you know the path of the you know the old gold rush and you know there was a few highlights on the on the train trip uh you know there's an old bridge that the train used to go over that's now out of commission that's the largest uh see if i'm gonna get this wrong cantilever i think is the type of bridge uh the highest one maybe off the ground in the world or used to be and you know so we got to see you know see that as we went by and and then you know we uh saw literally the path that you know whatever over you know 100 plus years ago that the the folks you know had to walk up the hill uh you know up to, I forget what the elevation is up there, 1,000 or 1,500 feet. I'm probably terribly wrong, but, you know, they walked up the path, you know, during the gold rush days and got to the point where their horses couldn't go any further and they had to abandon their horses and learned you know, a little bit about that. Uh, Crossed over into the the, the Canadian border, saw the, you know, U.S. flag and the Canadian flag right next to each other and passed and went into Canada. Um, But kind of the good news, bad news is, you know, we never got off the train. It just goes into Canada and then turns around and comes back. And there's so many beautiful scenic views looking back down into Skagway from up there and you know looking up at glaciers and, you know, it's just, it's, you know, fantastic, beautiful scenery, but you never get off the train. Um, so I'd say the two minor, you know, qualms they had were, you know, not getting off the train, uh, just kind of going up there and looping around. And the fact that there wasn't really much by the way of a tour guide, there was a tour guide who would occasionally point things out and so forth. Um, but it just felt like, uh, you know, two and a half hours, it called for a little bit more, maybe to, you know, give me the history, you know, give me a little more blow by blow of what I'm looking at here. Um, but you know, don't regret doing it, you know, at all. It was really the kind of probably the biggest single thing that we did in, in terms of any you know, port excursions uh, and you know, had a lot of fun. I'd say it was the, you know probably one of the highlights of my trip. Not, not necessarily specifically the train ride. It was good, but Skagway in general was definitely my favorite port.
0: I agree. I think it was really cool. Even though I didn't do the train, I, I really liked the town. Um, the whole cruise itself is really beautiful. You're going through the inner passage. So there's big, tall mountains on either side and all kinds of great scenery, lots of waterfalls, no matter where you go. For me, the highlight was uh, Tracy Arm Fjord, which is a, a fjord that you sail into. Basically, it's a scenic day. It's really a sea day, right? You're not getting off the boat. They do give excursions where you can get pay more to get onto a smaller boat, get closer to the glacier. But basically, you're sailing through this area where there's seals everywhere, there's ice in the water, icebergs, and you eventually get to this uh, glacier, which is just fantastic. And that was really the highlight of my cruise. Also, we got to see whales in the water uh, somewhere. I think it was at Icy Strait Point, right? I think that's where it was. Um, but yeah, and you know, there's lots of eagles and all kinds of things. A lot of people saw bears. So there's a lot of wildlife, which I thought was really cool. And I'm really glad I got to do it. I mean, I never thought, I always thought if I was going to do an Alaska cruise, it was going to be like in May or in like September, because that's like the shoulder seasons where you can get it for cheap. And the fact that I was able to get it for, you know, such a cheap price over, uh, over 4th of July weekend was, was pretty amazing. And we did that fjord on 4th of July. And as I tweeted out, I said, what an effing amazing way to spend the 4th of July. Cause it really was, I, I woke up at like 6 AM. Cause I think we started sailing at like 7 30, got out there. I was on the back of the boat by myself at the beginning. Other people started coming over time and it was just an amazing morning. And I appreciated that. We're running out of time, but what, so you said, you said what your favorite port was. Um, Anything else to add about Alaska and what you, uh, what you enjoyed about being there?
1: Well, I'm just, I'm going to turn it back to you just real quick because I got to do a favor for Mark and Joe. They asked last week on the podcast, what you thought about the scenic beauty. Uh, You know, you just got done talking about it, but you know, they specifically wanted to know what you thought about it compared to New Zealand.
0: Well, it's funny because when we were sailing into the fjord, I was telling Jasmine that it reminded me of like Milford Sound, which is a very famous place in the uh, South Island of New Zealand. Now, when I visited Milford Sound, it was raining. And so there was like a million waterfalls everywhere. And we had beautiful weather in Alaska. And I imagine if it was raining, it would have been a very similar thing. Um, But I would say it's very comparable to like the Milford Sound area of South uh, the South Island of New Zealand. New Zealand has so many different varied landscapes. It's hard to it's hard to to pick one, but I'll tell you, I was in awe the entire trip and it's just one of the most beautiful places i've ever been and uh, i can't wait to like go up to anchorage and do sort of maybe like fairbanks and some of the land based stuff up there i want to see more of alaska because um, it was it was amazing and it was my 50th state which i had i had visited my 49th state hawaii in 2013 so it took me nine years not because i couldn't have gone but because you know you always it's always nice to have something to look forward to but it was great to finally check it off the list and Uh, Yeah, It, it compared very well to New Zealand.
1: I'll, I'll put in my quick two cents. I, I mean I think you you know, nailed it. it. You know obviously uh, that was the one thing though I have to admit where you know expectations might have actually gotten in the way of me. I had such high expectations for the scenic beauty. I, I will say that you know growing up in the Pacific Northwest the way that I have and you know having spent time up around Vancouver Island uh, on you know ships up in you know that that area uh, I'd kind of seen that scenic beauty before. I, I you know looking at the map the thing that struck me was how much further north we went. I mean to go up to Skag which I think was the furthest north point that we went. Uh, I could be wrong on that. right might have been off by one, but, uh, you know, it was a lot of more of the same of what I had you know, already experienced. And that doesn't take it away at all from the experience. I mean, if you haven't you know, grown up around, you know, the sort of scenery, uh, it, it will probably blow your mind. But uh, again, it just goes to expectations and, you know, I don't want to sound like I didn't enjoy it. It was just, you know, kind of more of the same of the Pacific Northwest scenic beauty with, you know, a few glaciers up high thrown in and so forth.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. Cause if you had to ask me if I preferred like our Baltic cruise over that I probably prefer going to the Scandinavian cities and getting off and like there's more to do and and stuff so yeah Yeah. it's it's definitely different like if this was my one cruise to do I don't know but I feel like everybody at some point should go to Alaska and that's what it's about so I mean I don't know that I, I won't be doing an Alaska cruise every year but I wouldn't be against going back either in a few years doing you know something a little bit similar Maybe when Ellie's a little older, doing some more excursions than we did this time.
1: Yeah, I think I, I think I would. I mean, I think that without doing the excursions, the ports were a little bit underwhelming. One that we didn't mention yet, just briefly, was Ketchikan. I mean, which I've heard is a cool town. You go in there, and you know, other than taking the the lifeboats uh, to get onto shore from our our carnival boat. Um, uh you know, it was kind of a tacky tourist town. There was some nice features to it. There's a little river walk thing kind of back uh, that I'm glad we found and so forth. But, uh, you know, for the most part, it was kind of a tacky tourist town and, you know, so there, there wasn't a lot to the towns and that's probably true. I would imagine of, you know, ports on other cruises, I don't have anything to compare it to. Uh But I, I think, you know, researching in advance and, you know, having some excursions planned out is probably a, a good idea for the next time.
0: Yeah. And budgeting for those because, uh, as much as the cruise is free, the excursions are significantly more expensive than in other places. Let's say that you might cruise. They're, they're very expensive, um, which, is, uh, which is fine because um, a lot of times you're involving boats and, and a lot of stuff, but it's not cheap. And there isn't always an option to go away from the cruise ship. Um, you know, A lot of times you're going to have to book through them or you're going to be booking with one of their partners who's going to charge you pretty similar price even if you're not booking through them. Um, But which brings me to the value as we close this out, you paid free plus taxes. So let's say 300 plus dollars a person. Do you feel like for eight nights, you got the room, you got the food, you got the entertainment, you got the scenery. Do you feel like it was worth it?
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, that to be fair, full disclosure, the only other thing you kind of add on top of that would be uh, gratuities, um, which are, you know, semi-mandatory, I guess, unless you want to make a stink about not paying them. But that's, you know, another $100 or so per person. So all in, you know, a little over $800 for both of us uh, for an eight-night cruise, you know, with all-you-can-eat food. And, I mean, it was a tremendous value. You know, the only other expense then would be um that they certainly get you on, you know, other than maybe paying to upgrade for some dining experiences is drinks. And, you know, one of the, you know, things that I think Carnival and maybe other cruises are, you know, known for is, you know, paying, paying for the unlimited drinks package. And we quickly found that, you know, we're not big enough drinkers to get the value out of that. So, you know, we went ahead and paid you know for that on a drink by drink basis. And that probably added up to another couple hundred dollars on the cruise, but all in all, it was a fantastic value. And, um, with expectations set properly, uh, you know, had a fantastic week.
0: All right. So let's close with these last two things. What was your biggest negative surprise on the cruise? The thing that surprised you in the, in a bad way
1: other than the fact i mean i was expecting you know the food to just be out of control you know a buffet on you know a boat uh you know nonstop, you know so having to make sure that i was you know i I forced myself to work out every day to justify how much i was eating Uh, but the the one thing i'd say is and this kind of goes to picking the right cruise and the the right ship and having the right expectations is you know the even though this is known as being you know an old person's cruise going to alaska there was a lot of kids on there and i i I found personally uh, because i'm an old man the unsupervised teenage being a little bit uh, obnoxious at, you know, at points, uh, especially later on at night, to be uh, you know not so great, but now nah, I just sound like a cranky old man. Um, but you know, I think <laughs> what it goes to is is if that's your thing, if you want to you know, an adult sort of experience, uh, you know, pick a different cruise.
0: <laughs> we we don't have time, but we really should have <laughs> talked about your nemesis at the, nemesis. At the pizza buffet. <laughs> All right, so what was your big? Maybe we'll tell that story on another podcast. Maybe we'll have you back after you do your Mardi Gras cruise next year, so you can compare like what Carnival's newest ship is uh, to that. Uh, but what was your most positive takeaway like your biggest surprise in a positive way about
1: i don't know if it's totally a surprise but you know i think the thing that you know i I went in hoping for and it you know met those expectations was just being able to unplug and relax i mean i i there it was and i know you've talked about it on previous podcasts you know we could get wi-fi and i did get a couple of days with some work stuff going on and and so forth but you know for the most part I think going on a cruise. When I think about that, I think about you know unplugging, uh, not having internet, not having phone service, and just you know relaxing and enjoying the people that you're with. And you know I was able to enjoy the time. It was you know fun to be able to hang out with my you know wife nonstop for eight days, and then to have the Coomers there too and hang out with them. Uh, it was you know that was you know, very much the highlight for me.
0: It was a great time. Uh, we really enjoyed it. Hope we get to do it again. And uh, obviously free cruises. Are nicer than paying a lot of money for cruises, so uh, hopefully more free cruises in our future. Any other takeaways before we head out? I know Joe's going to freak out about the length of this episode, so we gotta we gotta cut it out.
1: I was just going to laugh really hard in Mark's honor, but nope, I got nothing. All right, well that has
0: been a, a great show. I hopefully I know people are always asking about what Carnival the experience is, and then people love to make fun of it. Like, if somebody wants to talk crap to you about going on a Carnival ship and you're paying nothing for the experience other than taxes, you know, shame on them because there's things Carnival does well. The food's not bad. The rooms aren't bad. Entertainment's pretty good, especially compared to others. Um, You get to go to the same ports. We were parking next to cruise ships where people were paying $10,000 a person for the cruise. Did we have food as good as theirs? No, but we had Guy's Burgers. Gosh darn it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and it's worth mentioning that as far as we know, this deal is still alive. The casino match with Carnival is still alive, and you know, so if you have that Vegas status or need to figure out how to hack your way into the Vegas status and then into this Carnival cruise match, it's still available, as far as we know.
0: All right, uh, PDX Deals Guy, where can people find you uh, when they're not listening to this podcast? If they want to follow your your, uh, your, <laughs> my fine your work
1: uh you know you probably twitter at uh, pdx deals easiest way i also have a very fancy website if you want to flash back about 20 years in terms of technology
0: that's pdxdealsguy.blogspot.com right
1: <laughs> just pdxdealsguy.com I oh that wow moved it. it used to be blogspot right it, that, uh, you know, it, it is on i think it is on blogger or whatever okay. google's thing is but uh, I, I have the dom- i actually have the domain
0: awesome and uh, his twitter is great you should follow him on twitter at deals Guy, and for us you can find everything related to this podcast at mtmpodcast.com check out our youtube videos about las vegas at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories and then all of our coverage our deals miles and points travel hacking hotel reviews everything is at miles to memories.com i don't know we got like 40 posts a week something like that and uh a little bit less this week because mark is gone but he'll be back next week and uh, Joe's going to be out a couple more weeks, so it'll be just me and Mark here next week. But thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time. See ya.
1: Bye.